Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of This and That with Alex and Mondo. We embark on episode 11, segments of Olympic proportions. We will start with some talk about the Olympics and follow that up with not one, but two brand new segments. Take it over, Mondo. What is up, everyone? And like always, we cannot be any more thankful to all of you. You guys have supported us through everything, and we are forever grateful. And we are still international, I'd like to add, because thank you to our international peeps. We appreciate you. And yeah, like Alex said, man, we got some huge segments coming towards you, and we're and we're excited, man. Yeah, absolutely. But as we get started, we need to we felt the need to talk about um one Greek citizen of the world. Giannis Antetokounmpo, who, in my humble opinion, if you saw me on Twitter, um, and I completely agree with it, probably the best individual performance I've seen in the finals since Wade 06. Yeah, it's and that's the thing. Like Wade 06 has always kind of had a special place in my heart because, I mean, being down 2-0, coming back, and just the way he was playing. But watching this finals, I mean – they correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but they were down 2-0, weren't they? Down 2-0. I want to say he went 40-40-50. The end of series. Yeah, the last three games, it was sorry, I mean, the last something three like games, that. Yeah, he went like 40-40-50, or he went back-to-back 40 and then 50 in the in the clincher. Um, it's funny, though, because like one of the things – I have to make a joke about this because I, it happened. He showed up to game three in all black Air Forces. <laughs> Sorry, and then sorry. he proceeded, and he then he proceeded to kick the Suns' ass the next four, four games. It, it, it had to be the shoes. <laughs> he showed up at all. The quote, the quote, Spike Lee in that famous Mike Mike Jordan commercial, "Gotta be the shoes." Like, because I don't know if, and for those who are uninformed of the Black Air Force One joke that I'm making, there is a meme online about people who wear Black Air Force Ones to play basketball. It's basically their stat line because usually this is somewhere like in a park somewhere, Mondo, you would say. I mean, that's what the meme is kind of based on. Yeah, and, I, that makes – that's right. Yeah, because it's it's like the meme is like people who play in Black Air Force once. They – two points, five rebounds, 75 fouls. Like, yeah, they're just going to beat you up. And that's what he did. He beat up the Phoenix Suns on his own. And he just, like, it, it was as much as, as, again, we have struck another kiss of death. Thank you, Phoenix Suns. Um, it, it was amazing. Like, as much as we wanted Phoenix to win because of Chris Paul and, and just their story this year, I think part of it at the end, especially in game six, their youth got exposed, I felt like. Like it was the first time where I said like book looks like this is he looked lost. I mean, yeah, he looked lost. And that's the thing. Like we were talking about it. I love CP3. I wanted CP3 to win, and I felt like this was his chance. Unless he go honestly, unless he goes to the Lakers or another big team that has a superstars on it, that this might have been his best chance because next year the West is going to be reloaded. I mean, ideally for them, the Lakers have. Obviously, Anthony Davis and LeBron healthy. Um, they got oh my god, the claw Kawhi. There we go. <laughs> I'm going like, crazy. There was Kawhi so many injuries. There were so many injuries. Things broke in their favor 
throughout the playoffs. They got to face a Lakers team that was wounded, which I like to say, I if you go back to that podcast, I said Phoenix may take them. If that happens, look out. I, I, I got to get credit. But you I did. called one thing. <laughs> that's all we got guys like were my other i think they were my other pick if the lakers didn't make it to the finals if i remember I think, correctly i think you did i think I, I, I rolled phoenix all the way there so i'm quite proud of myself they were my my second favorite but i didn't jump on that full-on bandwagon um but yeah man he was amazing it was amazing and then like he it brings me back and i'm not okay He's not Michael Jordan. So please don't take this from me as a comparison to Michael Jordan as far as player or greatest of time, anything of those contexts. He did it the hard way. He stayed in one place, built his team, didn't seek the super team. And this is coming from two people who benefited from one of the original (laughs) super teams. Right, like we 100%. know what the super team, we know the super team experience, and I, I definitely have a lot of respect for for Giannis, Chris Middleton. You know, like there's no lottery picks on that team. I think there's one. I think that's yeah. A lot of your guys. It, oh yes, actually, I heard it. Excuse me, there was one lottery pick on that roster. You know who it was? Was it Bobby Portis? Brooke Lopez. Oh shit! I forgot Brooke Lopez was on that team. Brooke Lopez. That's the one lottery pick. So it wasn't even their guy. It wasn't even their guy. Right, right. It wasn't even their guy because Giannis was, I think, 17. Middleton, they got off their G League team. Yeah. Like, they won 15 games their their rookie year. And to see them build the team consistently year after year after year to this, it it's, brings back the old school, like, you know, Mike had – Jordan had to go through that till he won his ninth year. Giannis is in his eighth year. So there's, like – I have some respect for that as well. Right. Uh, part. And, and hearing him talk about it and be proud of himself for that, I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, and, and it's something I was talking about with my dad, that my dad actually made a point that I hadn't thought of, that Giannis has the makeup to be that all-around like global superstar. He speaks multiple languages, nice guy, super humble, which I think a lot of countries that – they look for that because a lot of the times you get the problem where like the American players, like it's kind of like they see the American arrogance type thing, like we're better type thing. But Giannis, obviously he's Greek. He's not American, but he's coming from the NBA and he gives them the ability to have that global superstar that can speak different languages. Because LeBron's obviously like the top guy, like that's the face, but he doesn't speak multiple languages that I know of. Maybe he speaks Spanish. I don't know. I feel he like here Giannis, Giannis is, is seems to be a very like personable person and will and will genuinely is the kind of person that even if you have an interaction with him, he's going to make you feel a certain like like oh yeah, like a human. Like, he's human. He cared about yeah. what I told him. He listened to me. You know, like like I, I I can't get enough of like the video and it pops up all the time. The one of the little girl that drew all the pictures for him. Yeah. Like, oh, you're my hero. Like, I want to give you all these pictures I drew of you. And, and you can see that how, how, just how nice he is. And he's like that with everyone. Like, watching him go wild on Instagram Live, like, I've been working <laughs> all week. And, like, I've been, been awesome. like, I, like, I caught video of that. And that was fantastic when he puts the girl at Chick fil A on and tells her, hey, you're in front of 150,000 people. And just her face, like, her genuine, like, like whoa. Oh, what? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, what do you what would you like from Chick-fil-A? Like like 
Like, and then he tells her to order. So, by the way, what's up with this? Like, what was it that he had? Half lemonade, half Sprite. Isn't Sprite Is it- lemonade? Like so, he just likes the little, like the half, like the carbonation. I'm not, okay, so I don't, I don't know if Sprite is lemonade per se. It's got lemon flavoring, but I feel like lemonade is just like pure lemons. You get me? Like there's different stuff in Sprite. It's like lemon flavored, but I think like what I think when I think lemonade, I think like the strong like pucker, like your lips like pucker. It, it's, an inter- it's an interesting mix, and and going no ice is a bold move. I mean, I get it. I go light ice, though. I always go light ice because it doesn't always come cold out of the machine. You get me? That's what I'm saying, man. You need some ice in there. At hey, least. you know what? Maybe he gets it. Maybe it's something. Maybe that's what we got to do. <laughs> we got to no ice it. It'll change our lives. But maybe. Talking, talking about Giannis, and it's one of those things, man, because he seeing the fact that that team was just continued fighting, as much as I love Giannis, Gian, this is the praise Giannis segment, I guess you could call it. But I got to give credit where credit is Drew Holiday, real quick. I mean, he was the, really the only the big difference from last year's team to now. And I think what is awesome about him, which, I mean, I would have loved him on the Heat. I wanted him here. Everybody did. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody wanted him on the Heat. Everybody wanted Drew, yeah. Is that he can, guard a, he can guard a guard. I know that sounds crazy. But, for example, he could move off. He was on Booker. He was making Booker's life hell. And that's the thing. Giannis could focus on – scoring or focus on guarding other people where you have someone who can guard a second good player. Cause that's what happens. If there's too many good players on a team and only one good guy to guard them, you can only do so much. But I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. I also guns. love, I also love drew drew holiday for his story. Um, I don't know how many people are familiar with his story um, or that of his, his, I would say, because I I fully love I I stand the U.S. women's soccer team equally as big star his wife Lauren Holiday, yeah. um I want she definitely won one World Cup with the team I want to say she won a gold medal as well she was a member of the U.S. women's national team definitely was one of the standout players on the team she started consistently, um I think she had like a brain surgery and that's why Drew left the league for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was something to like take that. care of her to take care of her, and they have kids and stuff like that. Plus, he, um, she wrote an article, I believe it's in the Players Tribune, about Drew getting racially profiled by a, a police officer. Yeah, I heard about that. With, with her, with her dare. Yeah, and 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 you need to remember that these are people of of a certain stature and fame. Like these aren't like everyday people you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah it's people that are known like they're out there like it's it's, it's a it's i i the story is not for the week it is a very very sobering story to yeah remember. if you if you I haven't read it it's one of those things you need to it's tough like don't get me wrong like it's impressed like it leaves an impression on you because it's one of those things that a lot of times you don't you don't deal with and again we don't want to jump into that whole yeah but i want to say just, just the reason I, I the reason i brought that up is i believe he started the foundation based off that where he's actually given up like most of his salary to found to fund it. I think he actually like, gave up all of last season's salary to Yeah, fund like it. the bubble, like the bubble salary. Like two yeah, the bubble million. salary, exactly. Bubble yeah, salary, yeah. Like two and a half million or something like that he gave up. Um so he's definitely in spite of that happening to him trying to go on and, and do something good about what happened. So I have to give him his credit too because I admire that, respect that. Um and speaking of global players like Giannis, um, that leads us to the big global festival, basically, that 
Finally. Technically, <laughs> it started over the last couple nights. If you're watching, if you've been watching NBC Sports Network, they've been showing the Olympics already. Um, due to the fact that some tournaments just take long, excuse me, just take long to do, so they have to start them early. That's why soccer's already started, softball's yeah. already started, rowing, uh, rowing. Because you can't row. Going. I found out today you can't row two days in a row. <laughs> no, apparently that. not. Apparently, you can't. I mean. It, Look, that's that's a tough I get it. I get it, man. Like I, if, I, if you roll on a machine, if you do the yeah. roll machine at the gym, you're tired for the next three weeks. Yeah, exactly. So imagine an actual open water. Um so and it's good to watch. Like I'm not I, I'm enjoying all of it. I love oh, I love the Olympics Fondo. Like it's you get to see all like the sports. I, I hate to say it, like it's sports you only care about every four years for the most part. Like, it's it's um, it's the same, but it's it's <laughs> it's true though. But it's so good to watch, it's so much because it is to find out, you know, obviously, you know, to find out the world's best and just, I guess, the pageantry. I mean, look, the music of it just alone. When you hear NBC come on with the dun, 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 Like, you know, oh, it's the Olympics. Here we go. Who we And you're singing every single time. Singing like a little kid. Every single time you know it and it, you hear it, it's one of those songs like like NBA on NBC, Monday Night Football. It's one of those jingles that you hear it and you know, hey, it's the Olympics. It's time. Yeah. You know? And like the swimming, like I know La Esposa is, is loves to watch swimming, gymnastics. I know I love I love watching gymnastics. Like, I love me some Simone Biles, bro. That girl's so, yeah, man. Let's let's do this, man. Like I'm all about um watching watching the olympics um track and field i ran track in in high school so i always love shot put, right? I yeah, there you go man <laughs> um, i'm sure i'm sure our our guest from our prior podcast nikki mcgowan is very excited about watching allison phoenix go for what Four, it, fifth olympics? or fifth yeah i think it might be fifth, fifth actually, like sorry. which is amazing that longevity that's 20, that's 20 years 20 years <laughs> and that's after having kids and coming back like power to you girl um so i'm sure that she's excited about that i love watching track and field I, and then you get like the obscure things like that that you don't realize are sports and they, like they just like like handball handball's back i love handball handball is one of my favorite sports in the olympics I, I, don't understand it. It. I don't understand it for the fucking life of me no I mean, idea throw the ball in the net but then there's rules like you have to have a foot on the ground when you throw like i don't yeah, you can't jump like can jump, which I would like try and throw like between my legs. Like, ah, I'm coming out between the legs. Trick shot. Um, or behind the back. Like, why can't I go like behind the back? You won't see that coming. Um, but like it's it's very weird. It's like basketball and and like it's it, I don't know, I don't know. But I fucking love it. Um, what else yeah, do we get? Well, diving. I got, I got I'll watch diving. Like diving. Would you watch that? Like, I like watching, especially I mean, like a high platform, because that's like, yo, you got balls. Yeah, yeah. I, see, see, that's that's where I watch. Like, if we're doing the low one, I'm like, okay, whatever, man. But like the high one where you do, I don't know how many flips they do. It feels like they do like six, but apparently <laughs> when you look at the degrees, that's how I, I that helped me do math, by the way, in, in high school. Like, really? Because I realized, because 180, I'm like, oh, 180 times, you do three oh, turns. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. But it's like, and that's the thing, you see that stuff in the diving. I mean, the best stuff that comes out of the diving, obviously the scores, but the faces that they make on the way down become. Oh my god! Meat. When they freeze those and they like, <laughs> oh look at the concentration. Is he concentrating? Because is he concentrating? Like, or is he crapping take him. Yeah, he's taking a mean <laughs> juice. Like, like, and that's the and, thing, man. Like, it's crazy. And obviously, there's there's sports that 
you know, we mentioned gymnastics, a sport where the U.S. traditionally does well, and they have the GOAT going for God knows how many more medals to add to her collection and and, and try and hang out with Michael Phelps, I guess. Um, are you concerned about the men's basketball team? And the women's team apparently lost two exhibition games as well. However, they looked pretty good. I'm not really worried about the women so much. I mean, um, if I'm going to be I, honest, I'm, really not. Not, I'm not. But the I'm men. Not, I'm not worried about the men's basketball team. And this may be the cocky, arrogant stuff that we were talking about. But, like, I look at who's on that team. And I kind of think I'm like, how can they get beat when it actually matters? I guess is the best way to think about it. Because in the exhibition stuff, like, obviously, they're like, okay, if we lose, we lose. Obviously, you want to win. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel like when it comes down to it, there's so many, like, shot makers on that team that, like, rise to the moment. Like, I just think Durant. And I think that in a way, like Durant is kind of going to have to live with the fact that LeBron's not on that team. So whatever happens is on him, legacy-wise. I agree. I agree. But I I am – okay. Before the game against Spain, I was concerned. Right. Let's put it that way. Um, The win against Spain did put me a little bit at ease. Spain is is probably their biggest rival going into it and getting a victory as your last one going in is encouraging considering um, something we didn't get to mention talking in all the honest praise, the most awkward flight uh, in the history of mankind. (laughs) Uh, Devin Burker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, fresh off his loss, gets to go ride in the plane with Chris Middleton and aforementioned Drew Holiday, as they have to take a flight over to Tokyo. I believe they arrive. I mean, it's a thirteen-hour difference, so for all I know, they could be arriving right now. I believe they do arrive sometime Friday. Um, I don't know which. Time yeah, the, the, the time difference throws me off. That's the thing. Yeah. I don't even know what time it is over there. Uh, it's, it's 13 hours. I actually looked that up yesterday. Um, yeah, fun fact. But real so, quick, I got I to gotta jump in really quick. Sorry to interrupt you, Alex. I got to talk about a couple people because um, it's these two guys that kind of – it's nice to see the, in the Olympics because um, two people that are the flag bearers. For those of you that don't know, I mean, you, you know one of the names, Sue Bird, who's been, who I feel has been playing women's basketball for God knows how long but it's still killing it. And Eddie Alvarez, a uh, baseball player, are the two flag bearers for the U.S. And the reason that the, the Eddie Alvarez name is such a big thing for me personally is he actually went to my elementary school. Nice. So it was one of the – yeah, he went to St. Peter, and he was a speed skater. So for those of you that heard the name and kind of, oh, wait a second, I hear that name. He went to the Olympics for speed skating. I believe he might have gotten bronze. Silver. Or silver. There we go. Because – and it's like one of those things to see someone who you actually met, who you've known and all that be there is something that's really cool, especially for baseball, which I mean, as a little kid, we all kind of, we've talked about it. We grew up and baseball was a sport Like we all played little league and all that. And then there's the Belenkin, Nick Martinez, who actually p- played in the majors, just like Eddie did. Now Nick is playing overseas in Japan, but he's also going to the Olympics in baseball. So it's one of those things that, People that you've seen and you've actually met and had conversations with going to the Olympics, it's something that's pretty cool. Yeah, that definitely is cool. Definitely um, picking back off that flag bearer. It's the first time they're actually going to have two flag bearers. Oh, I didn't um, know that actually. I, yeah, I, I yeah. Because I, I found it interesting that there was two. Um, it, I, I'm all for Sue Bird. There's, a, there's, 
the selection of Superbird is is a very layered and nuanced. Yes, yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of layers and nuance. If you really want to break it down, something that we don't do on this podcast because that's way too serious conversation. Maybe one day. That's <laughs> um, not our department. That's not our department. We're gonna have a different it department her, take care it of it. It is her fifth Olympics, and that again, longevity. You have to kind of salute. I mean, she is the goat. As far as women's basketball, uh, her and Tarasi. I was gonna say her. I was gonna say Tarasi. Her and Diana. Yeah, her and Tarasi. Um, so and Eddie, obviously, there's there's a Miami connection. There's a Cuban American connection there. Um, so there's a lot of pride that comes with seeing Eddie. Espe- yeah, and not to get political, but especially with what's going on now in Cuba, I, I heard Eddie talk about it, and he's like, it means a lot more right now because of what's going that, on. I think I think as as much as the Sue Bird is a very nuanced. Yes, I think him. Selection. I, agree. I think Eddie's Eddie's selection is just as nuanced and mm-hmm. just. We can have the same conversations on different topics with Eddie. Exactly. Uh, as far as difficult topics. Um. And one last thing, because they already started and they really started out with a dud. Are you worried about the women's soccer team after their 3-0 loss to Sweden? I can tell you personally that I am not. Um, I really think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, it's it's a, it's not the way you want to start a big major tournament like this. Um, but I think what sets the U.S. team apart from all the other teams in the world is that they have a depth on their roster. Like these games are two days apart. All games are coming up every two days, essentially. So they need to be ready to, to play. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. having that deep roster, I think in the long run will benefit the U S women's team. And so I'm, I'm genuinely not worried about them. Um, of course, they could be the, this could be the proverbial. Yeah, <laughs> we might've just done it, but I, if I think percentage of how worried, I'm going to give you a, a percentage here, and it's 0%. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, this could be um, – we're sorry ahead of time to the U.S. women's soccer team if, if we've done this to you but because we're giving you a double. But it's one of those things. I mean, when it comes to what they've done and their history, like you just look at it. You're like, there's no way that this team with this depth – I mean, I don't even know who's still on this team, if I'm being 100% honest. But I feel like every time I see it, somebody new – but I mean, just with Rapino leading the way and those girls, like they just have a way of just putting a bad performance behind them. And that next game, I can see them coming out and just completely blowing the doors off off the game. Uh, well, okay. Their next game is against New Zealand. And I've come oh, to them. Sorry. <laughs> well, well here's, here's, a, here's, here's, here's a kicker to that. Their first game, they lost to Australia. I do not know the score. Not aware. Sorry. Lack of research yet again. But I did stumble across this fact. That was their first game in 16 months. Due to COVID protocols, the team had not been able to get together and play. The U.S. women's team, most other women's team had had friendlies in that time frame. New Zealand did not. So that was the first time they played together. Like The first time they got together as a team was in Tokyo. Oh, crap. Yeah. So... The U.S., don't be surprised if you see a very lopsided score tomorrow. I think the game you should be focused on is the following game of Australia. That's going to be the big one to see how far this team really has to go in the knockout rounds. Right. Yeah. That, of course, doesn't assuming they make it there. I don't see why not. I think it's 12 teams fighting for eight spots. So I can't imagine they're going to be that bad that they're going to get knocked out in the first round. Yeah, I don't think there's any way. Um, yeah, that sounds like... The Olympics are coming up these two weeks. Like we said, Mondo, they're going to be a lot of fun, a lot of things to watch. I mean, it'll be on all day, so you can definitely just turn it on, I imagine. <laughs> if you're not working, you got stuff to watch. 
Yeah, if, if you got free time, there's there's I assure you there's something you can watch, whether it's like skeet shooting or some randomness, like it's there. Yeah, and that's the thing. So if you're not working, you got plenty to watch. But you want to know who is working? Is our amazing sponsor, AG Custom Cabinets. They are working five days a week whenever you need them. And they work for you. So we are extremely grateful to them. They've obviously supported us through this process. And again, you can find them on Instagram and Facebook at AG Custom Cabinets and at their website at agcustomcabinets.com. And of course, we all know AG Custom Cabinets, where furniture is made fresh. And as always, we come up now on the freshest segment in the, on the podcast. That's ridiculous, but so is this. Mondo, have you think you've been able to top me this week? Man, the thing is, like, every time I think that I want to be able to top you, like, you just kind of ruin my day. Like, <laughs> it's right. sad. But you know what? I'm going to start off this week. I'm, I'm going to make it tough. So that way you can you got to know what you're dealing with. I'm going to read you the just like I always do. I'm going to read you the title. My partner's daughter is pretending to be scared of my dog to get rid of me. I feel like someone's trying to play checker chess in the checkers world around here. Oh, 100%. So a woman said that her partner's uh, young daughter is pretending to be scared of her dog to get rid of her, and it appears to be working. Because Yeah. So apparently what's been going on, she's staring at anonymously because obviously she doesn't want her boyfriend, if they're still going, if they're still together, to hear about it because obviously it's not a very common story, so it's obvious we'd be coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently, so... She, she has a Rottweiler, which don't get me wrong. Rottweilers are a bit intimidating. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The girl is five years old. Oh. So there's a, but there's also a very layered situation here. The mom of the daughter is also involved. So the first time the girl went over, she was scared of the dog. So they put the dog away. Right. Cause like when the kid's coming over the first time meeting them, it's the first okay. time you're meeting your partner's kid. daughter, you put them away. Yeah. So then apparently, she says that the partner's daughter pretends to be afraid every time she sees a dog and the woman suspects it's to avoid spending time with her because the mom has a French bulldog. So she's obviously just trying to be difficult. And I think about it. I'm like, listen, lady, a French like, bulldog is very like different than a the Rottweiler. The Rottweiler takes shits that are the size of the French bulldog. You know what I'm saying? hundred <laughs> percent. Like, like, like you're talking a different size of dog. Like it's, it's a, it's a different beast. No pun intended. <laughs> No pun intended. <laughs> but this is the thing. There's one line that makes me start to fucking doubt the five-year-old a little bit. Just a little bit. Because apparently when the mom came around, she told her mom about her ugly dog. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, what the fuck? This mom, this this mom has her daughter being undercover agent and sabotaging daddy. And apparently the mom asked if they could arrange when they arrange a visit that the dog be taken to the park and not be in the house. And apparently, according to this lady... Who's going to take the dog to the park, though? That, that was my confusion. But apparently, the daughter had the smuggest look on her face when her mom said this. Again, this is going based off of what the lady is saying, and it's her dog, so obviously she may not be telling us the entire truth. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, like, it sounds like someone's using their child as an agent of evil. Um, and I only say agent of evil because they're sabotaging 
someone else's happiness. Like if it, and I don't know what their story is. I don't know why they are not together. Um, I do think people have the right to be happy though. And if they're not happy together, let the person move on and find their happiness. Um, but how much of it is that? And then how much, how much of it is that the five-year-old girl is scared of a big dog? I think it's both. Why can't it be both? I don't yeah, think no, it's mutually exclusive. Exactly. I think everybody, I think it's a, uh, tell me if I'm saying this right. Everybody says that there's three stories, one side, the other, and then in the middle. And the it's, it's what, it, yeah, it's, there's three stories, one side, the other side, and then what's actually happening. Um, which is somewhere, um, like you said, um, um, in the middle, a mixture of the two. Yeah, that's that's wild though. But like I said, it 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 could be both. Like she could be scared of a much bigger dog, which I I completely get, especially a Rottweiler. Like I was, I'm kind. Of, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm kind of scared of Rottweiler. Yeah, I was, especially if they're not trained right. Like yo, Rottweilers are vicious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get that. I can get that. That's pretty. I mean, that's 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 a story. That's a story. However. Let's see. Let's see what I got for you this week. Oh, God. So, and I don't know this. I didn't know this because I haven't been on the Tinder app in quite some time. Um, full disclosure, I swiped right on my last, on last Bosa there, and that's a true story how we met. So, hey, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah, Tinder Tinder's a love story, man. I mean, if Tinder wants to contact me to, to you know, throw some funds our way because, you know, we met through there by all means. Um However, that being said, I didn't know that this is a thing. Like when I was on Tinder, like it was just like, you know, it was free and just, you know, swiping away. Um, so now apparently Tinder, like there's paid things like you have to pay for. I don't, I don't know if you're, I know you're not very familiar with it either. Cause you never even were in that. No, I, I, I never got into Tinder. You were a committed man the whole time, but I don't know if you had friends who were on it. Oh, I had friends who were on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been there when I know people who have been swiping right and swiping left and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it, I guess now you can pay for things and you can pay. So if you want to meet someone somewhere else, there's something, something called the Tinder passport. Why do I bring this up? So it lets you, it lets you meet people like, so you can swipe anywhere in the world. So like you can be one place and swipe somewhere else because, Hey, you're going over there. Let's say, let's say you're moving or you're going on vacation over there. You want to, you know, you want to, you want to plan, you know, some dates or something like that. You want, Mm -hmm. you know, Tinder swipe the area, I guess. Ahead of time. At a time, you know, like I, 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 for lack of a better term, and please, I'm not trying to be sexist. I mean, anybody can do this, so it's it's not. You scout the field, see what's out there. Are you interested? Are you not? You're trying to right. find out. So apparently, a comedian from New York City, Reed Kavner, has decided, and it, and quite frankly, I, I think man, man is is next level. <laughs> To go to the Olympic Village and try and match with an Olympian so he can date an Olympic athlete. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is swiping, or he did. He actually posted it onto his TikTok that he paid for <laughs> Tinder Plus, which I didn't, I guess that's what it's called, Tinder Plus, so I can swipe Tinder, in the Olympic Village and date an Olympian. So, like, even on his profile, he goes, I was on the swim team until I was 12, so we'll have that in common. <laughs> what the hell? That's, an, that's his insane employee, and genius. Here's the best part. Here's, here's the best part. Here's the best part. It worked. No fucking way. Um, including athlete Catherine Savard, who commented on his TikTok video. 
She goes, she, the 28-year-old, is set to swim for Canada at the Tokyo Olympics, which will mark her third time competing at the Games. Which, shout out to her, if you do your math on that, going back 12 years, she was 16. So, so go, go oh, you. Shit, I didn't even do that math. But yeah, go, go, go you. Or is her third time? So eight years back, she was 20. Excuse me. Um, well, okay. I don't know. I can't do math. It, it's, it's. Don't worry it's about a it. Lot, you know what? You, it's like, a lot of years. Good for you. Um. She actually commented on it and it goes, work smart, not hard. And that was, and someone else said genius, pure genius. <laughs> like, honestly, and my favorite, my favorite comment, apparently someone else said, bro, smarter than Elon Musk. Big facts. But like, like, I don't look, obviously he's probably gotten some swipes. People didn't know what was going on at first. And now right. that the cat's out of the bag, like, I'm sure it's over. But the fact that he like, did it? I think I yo go you man shoot your shot, bro. Yeah, that's very true. Like, thing, right? like it, and it's absolutely madness that that's that's a thing that like like I again this could be because I've been married for coming up on six years. Like I don't I don't know, but I just find that to be like like wow, like you can do that now. Like it's it's just amazing what technology lets you do, and especially when you pay for it. I guess. Well, yeah, if you pay for it, it helps. Yeah. So so let us know. Folks, what you thought was more ridiculous, the man who decided to try and date an Olympian or the woman who's conniving uh, oh, with who, is- <laughs> who, who ruined her baby daddy's life. And just getting right off of that, we told you that there were segments of Olympic proportions coming. Now, obviously, a little bit of play on words, but we got segments for you. One of our newest segments is one that's actually really close to my heart. I have, for those of you that know me, I've been rating burgers on Instagram for a while now. I've taken a hiatus because we've been focusing on the podcast and trying to get you the best thing we can. So we're gonna, we're gonna starting a segment that's called Mondo Burgers Grill. Yeah, play on words, perfection right there. And basically what we're going to be doing is just recommending burgers and burger spots. Obviously, it's going to be focused in Miami. That's where I'm from. But obviously, Alex has places in Orlando. And any places we've been, we'll recommend, and burgers in general. So we're just trying to give you a bunch of different stuff, different types of things that we can get into. So I'm looking forward to it. I know that. So you will definitely be hearing from me on that sense. I can always use conversations about a good, tasty burger. I mean, I'm all for it. I love, I love me a good burger. Um, so let's do this. Let's. You got anything for us this week, Mondo, on the, uh, the recommendation there? I mean, recommendations. I mean, for anybody that followed the Instagram, you know there's this place right by my house called Juan Cheeseburger. And I think I've had every burger on that menu, and I've never been disappointed. The only time I was disappointed was at the beginning of the pandemic because obviously it could only be delivery, and it took forever to get there. But it is what it is. This week it was. And it's one of those things. I've gotten all of them just in one place. You get me? And that's what's crazy. But speaking of crazy, Loki, obviously, for those of you that have been keeping up with Loki, you know there's no more there's no more episodes, which makes us very sad. But this is your fair warning that you have three weeks before the Loki spoilers come out. You got three weeks, people. Like, make sure you, you got three weeks to watch six episodes. And they get shorter in time if you follow this. So it, it, it's not like they're very long episodes. They will go really quick when you start watching it. And hear me out. We're only going to say this once this episode. That was your warning. 
And speaking of warnings, here comes your next segment. One that I'm personally looking forward to quite a bit today. How about that malarkey? So the purpose of this segment will give either Mondo or myself the opportunity to rant about some malarkey. And basically use the other person as a venting vessel, if you will. And in in this case, I will proceed to try and talk Mondo off the ledge. Or, depending on what he's talking about, maybe I just give him a swift kick in the ass. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, my God. Mondo? The thing is, when, we were, the when we were talking about this, we were trying to, how to figure out what, what we want to do with this. And there's only one way I can start off with this. And it's Inter-Miami. You're fucking kidding me. Like... <laughs> You guys were on here. I was talking shit before that Orlando game. Like, I was hyped up. I was talking up fucking Pizarro and Higuain. I'm like, oh, Higuain's going to do this shit. And then I forgot that Higuain's a piece of garbage who has decided that he doesn't want to play soccer anymore, apparently. Or football, whatever the fuck he calls it. He came here to retire, bro. He like, came here to collect a fat check. and, and it's the and most frustrating thing in the world. Like, get him out. Like, I never thought I'd say that. When I go in and sign, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, oh, man, this is it. Like, we're finally – we're making big signings. Not the ones that I wanted, but I was like, all right, we needed a striker at that point because Robbie Robinson, you know, sneezes and pulls a hamstring. Like, it's it, start, it starts with Eagle Rainey. But, I mean, I could just go down the entire fucking roster. It's miserable. Like, okay, so just to let everybody know if you haven't seen what's going on, they lost 5-0 to zero yesterday. And by yesterday, I mean the 21st of July. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that New England's a good team. I get that. They're a yeah. very good team. I believe they're first in the league yes. right now or close. To the top. They're close to it. They're very well. I mean, look, if I ever see Bruce Arena near the U.S. men's national team again, I may do something about it. However, as a club coach, <laughs> as, as a, he's a great coach. Even I mean, he, he was just past his time with U.S. men's national team. He is a great club coach. His record speaks for itself. And his teams have a way of just performing and you can see it in this rev team. This is a very, very Bruce arena, new England revolution team. Oh my God. It's just, it's frustrating. Like, look, it's not losing games. Don't get me wrong. I understand. This is the second season. I was not expecting to be in first place. That's not what I think anybody, if anybody was expecting that it was Beckham and he's an idiot. Cause look, it's an expansion team. Most people understood that it was going to be a rough goal. You get me? Like, especially Miami. Miami's had expansion teams, I think, in every league, pretty much. Yeah, I think part of it was Beckham. I, I don't want to speak for him, um, but this is my personal opinion. I think he didn't realize. I mean, I'm sure he knew at some level, but kind of what he kind of came into when he first came to MLS, going to LA, going to a team that was already established, going to a right. team with – Arguably the best American soccer player of all time, Landon Donovan, on it. Landon um, Donovan, my dude. Like oh, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane came a couple years later. Like like that. He had the good time. And, and even then, it took him, I think, three years into his deal before they won the championship. Right. Yeah. I, don't, don't, I know he lost once. Um, I want to say the Real Salt Lake. Um, mm-hmm. and penalties, I think they lost, and then they won. I think they won back to back or something like that before he left. Or he won. I want to say he won multiple. Something like that. Um, but it's, it's he was in a very good situation there, and 
and starting a team from scratch is a, is a different beast. Um, still though, man, I I'm not gonna lie. As an Orlando There's, City fan, I yeah, I know, I know, I know you're 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 loving this moment right now. <laughs> to a point, to a point. <laughs> to I mean, a point. Miami still, man, look, Miami's still my hometown. I don't yeah, want to see you. them. Look, I don't want to see them in the bottom of the league. Okay, as much as I'm enjoying it, just because again, I find most inner Miami fans to be obnoxious. Yeah, and it's, my, it's the same Miami fans are in Heat Twitter. Yeah, like you know when when there's when there's play, when there's fans that have Kobe Bryant on their inter Miami jerseys. Oh God, that that frustrates. I know you jumped the shark because you know nothing. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Like you know nothing because Man, it's, uh, it's so, that's uh, tough. Like it, I, I'm I'm really finding it tough to try. Like I I wanna kick you off the edge, but I don't want to because you're my friend and I kind of feel bad for you. But like it. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty, there's plenty. Like I'm getting held on the edge by the amount of crap that's going on on this team. Like, look, and even five zero, five zero, man. Like, look, I may not know a lot about soccer, but five zero is fucking embarrassing. That's fucking embarrassing. And I don't curse on this podcast normally, but that's fucking embarrassing. Look, look. If you if to give a context to the five zero and just how bad that is in in soccer. We finished complaining earlier in this podcast about a U.S. women's national team that lost 3-0 and talked about how they got rocked, and it was 3-0. So imagine giving up two more goals. Like, they gave up four before the first half. Like, I don't know when the fourth goal was scored in the first half. I want to say it was, like, in the 35th minute or something like that. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I I don't know because I turned off the game after the third. And it's not – because it's not not just getting scored on, man. Like, look, I get it. It was a new goalie. So I understand that maybe there's time for that it takes for them to get get it together. But it's not just that, like 5-0, but they've scored one goal in six games. And and it's not even like six games. Like I understand it's hard to score a goal in soccer. I get it. It's hard. It's not easy. But you got to bounce every once in a while. But it's like it feels like no one cares and, and nobody's it trying. It doesn't help when you're, you're, you're big money signings. with the is not an offensive player. Even though I think he's also, I mean, he's at fault too. He's a, he's at fault too because I mean the problem stem from sorry to interrupt. It's just like one of those things. Like, it stem it starts in the obviously at the top with the scores and going and then Pizarro can go fly a kite in Mexico. <laughs> he can go play for Mexico and he can stay there. The Joker can stay there. Like I, I was high on Pizarro because he was like our first franchise player. You get me? It was him and Pellegrini yeah. were, were the two, and Pellegrini's gone. Which I, well, Pellegrini, Pellegrini. Well, he got he loaned got out, but they, but he got screwed because they wanted Matuidi because they had to turn him into a franchise thing. So they had to take the franchise player off Pellegrini and set Pellegrini off. He got fucked. Okay, so long, not to dive too much into MLS rules. Um, so each team is allowed three designated players, and in, in the case of Inter Miami this season, it's Blaze Matuidi, Gonzalo uh, Pizarro, whatever the, the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> and not the real Joker. The real Joker won the NBA MVP this year. Um, let's put that out there. And Gonzalo Higuain. Um, each team. So basically, the DPs are three players that you're allowed to pay whatever amount of money you want to pay them. They're not subject to any salary cap rules. That's why you're only allowed three. Now, there's another thing called targeted allocation money, TAM money. That also allows you to pay someone above the pay scale, but it, there's limits. I want to say it, it could be 150, it could be 250. I don't, it's however money you have allocated for that. It's a certain amount of budget, yeah, but it also of- operates. It operates outside of 
the regular salary cap so you can spend a little extra money on players. They tried to bring in Matuidi as a TAM, as a, someone with that kind of salary, and then keep Pellegrini, you said was the was Pellegrini. player we're talking about. Pellegrini, and I know I'm getting really boring now, people, but it's it's context is important here. Pellegrini was a designated player. MLS investigated them, basically found out Matuidi was being paid too much. He should have been listed as a designated player. They, they were in violation because at that point they had four, so they had to get rid of one before the season started. They got rid of Pellegrini. Um, so they got rid of their youth, which is kind of interesting move. Yeah, and, and that's the beginning. Like, and, and just from there, like, listen, they fired the coach after one season. And I understand Phil Neville. Okay, I get it. I may not know much about coaching, but I just feel like you started off first season was expansion of an expansion team. Like, what did you expect? Like, I felt like they should have given more of a chance. Like, again, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause you know more about international soccer and stuff like that. But Phil Neville coming in, like everybody talked about him, but I don't see anything. So Neville was, it's tough. Neville was on the women's coach was a women's national right. team. Coach. He was the English national team coach. Quite frankly, got the women's national team to levels that hadn't been seen in England in, okay. I mean, ever, ever. Really did an amazing job. Um, I believe came in third at the last World Cup, losing in the semis to the U.S., mm-hmm. um, I believe. So it, he did get the team. The team did a, He did a very, very good job. Um, however, coaching club and national team, is a, is a, it's a different beast. I'm the first one to tell you that. Um, I think part of the reason Neville's there is his connection to Beckham. Him and 100%. Beckham were him and Beckham were teammates. Um, Beckham has spoken about feeling the disconnect with management last season. I think part of that was COVID because he got stuck in England, but also <laughs> not having. But it's also I think the coach didn't have his same mindset of how he wanted the team to play and what he envisions for the team. And at the end of the day, Beckham he ain't signing the checks, but he's the figurehead, so you're gonna have to answer to him. And so he went with someone that he knows that he can communicate on that level with, which honestly gave me a lot of a lot of hope for Inter Miami this season. I could give everybody fucking hope. That's all they talked about. Like, okay, and and I talked about Iwaying and Pisato, so I'll give them a break because I think I'm done. <laughs> I'm done roasting them in case in case they listen and I ever meet them. I didn't roast them the entire time. The one man who I cannot stand is Gonzalez Pires. We laughed because we talked about Gonzalez Pires during the Orlando game. He's the one who fought your boy. And you told me after, like, that guy wants to fight everybody. That guy will fight your entire team. Talking about the Orlando City player, whose name escapes uh, Mueller. Me. Mueller, yeah. He actually was in the news. He actually is uh, – this is his last season with Orlando City. He has signed a pre-contract deal out in Europe. Um, no one knows where. Rumor is Scotland. But he is – yeah. So I'm going to enjoy him this last year. And it's like – the perfect example of Inter-Miami is during that Orlando City game, there was a breakaway. And I don't know if it was – I don't remember if it was one-on-one, or, but there was a breakaway. And at that point, I believe it was tied. I don't think – I don't it think Orlando had scored the second, a, the second goal. No, it was a tie game, um, and you guys were on the counter. You guys were on the counter. We had committed to many. Too. It was – yeah, no, it was going to be a big chance for you guys. And the game had to get pulled back because okay, Gonzalez Pires is a Gonzalez Pires wanted garbage. to fight Chris Mueller along with the rest of the defensive back line. So it wasn't, yeah, every, every, it wasn't, it wasn't just, just him, but but he's the he's the leader. Like <laughs> he's like the leader of your defense. And my dad said it best. He's like he's a piece of shit. Like he's he spends more time complaining to the referees 
or fighting someone than he does playing defense. If he could play defense as good as he complains, he'd be one of the best defenders in the freaking MLS. But it's like, I think it just goes into that back line. Like it just, oh my God, the defense is non-existent and just everything's non-existent at this point. So I guess I want to end this segment with, with, I guess, the biggest question I get of all this. As we know, as I know, and, and people who follow us on Twitter, they know you were at the game. The reason you were at the Orlando-Miami game is because you are, in fact, a season ticket holder of Inter-Miami. Are you, right now, as of this day, renewing your tickets for next season? Okay, so just real quick. Technically, they're not mine. They're my family. So we have three tickets. It's for four of us. So we just kind of figured out. We're renewing it because, honestly, they're not as expensive as the Dolphins, the fucking Heat, or the Marlins. But And the reason is because we love soccer. Like, as a family, like, we love soccer, which is why it's most frustrating that the team is doing this. Like, my brother even said it. Like, my dad asked us, hey, do you guys want to go to the game Wednesday, the, the, the most recent game? Thank God we didn't, honestly. But, like, we all said it's like, no. Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, obviously, if it was, like, a Saturday night game, I'll go. But you get me? Like, but the fact that it was Wednesday and the team's not good and they're not even trying. Because I think four, five now, or four of the last games, I don't remember. I've lost kind of how many games they've lost at home this season. It's just, I hate them right now. <laughs> like, that's all I can do right now. Okay, so here's how here's how we're gonna end this. Am I gonna kick you or am I gonna save you? I'm choosing to save you. Um, here's what I'll tell you, man. Orlando City gave me a very very rough five years, six years to start. You're doing the right thing, keeping the season tickets. Write it out. It's gonna make these struggles. It's gonna help you appreciate what it takes to get there once your team starts winning and once it gets on a run and once it gets rolling, you're like, yeah, this is it. You're going to feel it because you felt the worst. It can't get any lower than that. (laughs) It's impossible for it to get worse. At least I imagine it's impossible to get worse. So yeah, man, write it out, bro. We're going to be good. All right. And I'm going to, I'm going to take advantage of that. And I'm going to say thank you for keeping me on the ledge. And I'm again, I'm going to say thank you to everybody for listening to this week's show. Again, please make sure to rate review and subscribe and follow us at this and that Alex Armando. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you next week, everybody. <laughs>